Well, would you look at that? It's Monday again, and you know what that means, folks. It's time for your medicine, your daily dose, or weekly dose, I should say. You probably don't get a daily dose. But it's your time for your weekly dose of the Millennial Manchild Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Miles Casey, and I'm excited to share this week's episode with you. I finally, let's just start here, the curse is broken, people. The curse is over, at least for now. I'm sure it'll reappear maybe in the future, but I had a friend over, Brendan Pranowitz, and we sat down, had a nice conversation. He came over to the Millennial Manchild Lair. We chopped it up, had a conversation about writing. He's a professor, a writing teacher, you know, he teaches at college, a college, Grossmont, I believe. And yeah, as you know, I'm trying to always improve. I'm trying to learn a little bit from, you know, whatever I can, especially about writing. It's something that I'm passionate about, something that I want to do more of, and something that I'm just really trying to be a sponge in the sense of soaking up all the information around it I can. So we had a great conversation, and it's about 30 minutes long, maybe a little longer, so I'm going to keep the intro short today. We're not going to get too much into the details of me. Because that way I can save it for next week and it'll make my life a little easier. <laughs> but yeah, um, without further ado, I'm excited to share the first guest with you here on the Millennial Manchild. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. So thanks for listening. So today, I have my first guest on the Millennial Manchild Podcast. I'm here with fellow comedian, English professor, uh, Brendan Pranowitz. Did I say that last name right? You got it right. I'm impressed. All right. Luckily, I've heard it a few times at the open mic, so it's kind of a cheat code. If I had to try and sound that one out by myself, it would be a little rougher for sure. But uh, yeah, today we're going to have a little chat, talk about riding, talk about traveling, you know, just have that little fun stuff here. And uh, yeah, we'll just get into it. So... Um, one of the things I had done recently was read Stephen King's book on writing, you know, and I thought it was really good, kind of gave me a better perspective of like what it means to be a writer almost, you know, yeah. and, uh, 
I guess I wanted to ask you, like, what kind of inspired you to be a writer? Like, when did you decide, like, you know, this is kind of what I want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I enjoyed writing when I was really little. Um, going all the way back to probably first grade. Um, and I, I like to read a lot. I was like one of those kids mm. who would bring my mom book after book after book, and we would just read most of the day. So yeah. I had an appetite for stories, and um, I wasn't the best student um, in school because we were moving a lot. My uh-huh. family was in the military, but um, I would write stories for class, and I'd do really well in the stories, and I would just bomb everything else. <laughs> yeah, okay, I feel it's funny. <laughs> I, I always was like, I enjoyed writing it when I was younger too, but I was always really bad at the grammar part of it. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a teacher that was a little more supporting, like, hey, you got some good content here, but your grammar's awful, they were just like, eh, nah, you know? So I always felt like it was not something I could do until I got a little older and was like, hey, this isn't that way necessarily, you know what I mean? Right. And it's, but it's funny, I was the same way when I was younger, I was reading a lot. I went from someone who kind of struggled reading to just like, oh, I'm a bookworm now, you know? And that's that's kind of how I got my introduction to being interested in writing as well. So that's pretty cool. And I would say reading is a big part of it. If you want to be a writer, you have to read a lot. And that's one of the interesting things that uh, Stephen King said in his book is that to be a writer, to become a better writer, one of the easiest and like simplest things you can do is just to read more and how important it is. And it's kind of crazy, like... Reading seems to be dying out a little bit in today's society, which is really sad in many ways, you know? It seems like it is, but on the other hand, um, we're reading all the time. That's true. I'm just mean, not reading the, books. That's the thing. Because, <laughs> you know, you're, if you're scrolling through your news feed, if you're doing this, but that's the thing is, like, it's some of the stuff you're reading on there is, like, you know, it's not the best, whatever. Not that not, not I'm some reading snob or whatever, but I know what you mean because I do read a lot of articles and stuff, but I don't I don't pick up a book as much as I'd like to. You know what I mean? I miss that sometimes. Yeah, and, and I would say that the books are kind of a dying industry, unfortunately. But it, it's hard to it's hard to get a sense on where the industry's at. Yeah, because there's something still like I you know I have a few books on my phone. I have a, uh, a Kindle or whatever it's called, right? And it just doesn't feel the same as when I am opening a book and I'm flipping through the pages. There's something nostalgic about that, at least for me, you know, I, I, it's going to be tough to like completely eliminate that, but I get it. Having 30 books on your phone, carrying it around everywhere. It's like, that makes much more sense in many ways. Yeah. And I like the smell of a book. I like to feel the pages. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of cool when you get a used book because the person before underlined and they put notes in it. And you you can see what they thought was interesting. You're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Right. That's one thing I haven't done too much of that I need to maybe do a little bit more. Like, there used to be an old used bookstore down there, but it got shut down and now it's like a brewery or something. But (laughs) going to an old used bookstore and like checking out some of those things is pretty cool. I haven't done that since I was like back in college, honestly. Yeah. That's always fun to do too. And the bookstores are kind of dying too. They're kind of. With Amazon. It's tough. Amazon. Now Amazon has killed the bookstores, and then they opened <laughs> up a bookstore. They're really, really shysty about how they do things sometimes, but I guess when you're killing it that hard, it doesn't really matter what you do. Right. Making more money than Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bezos is he's out of this world with how much money he's made. Like $120 billion? What does that even mean? You know what I Like, that's insane to me. Crazy. How do you not just be like, you know what? Well, I'm going to take a little day off or two. Maybe take, you know, like call it a, call it a life. Or something, you know. Like, I, I don't know. Just chalk that one up as a win. Like he did it, buddy. <laughs> just retire. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I guess some people just have that switch that doesn't turn off, you know. And he's definitely one of them. Making big money. Absolutely. Unlike writers, typically, like that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, because you're you're a professor. Is that 
university somewhere, right? Like her. I, I taught at San Diego State. San Diego State for a little bit. Three years, and I teach at Grossmont College, and Grossmont. I teach at Mesa College. Cool. So, I feel like that would be a pretty rewarding job. Do you like working with students and trying to kind of teach them writing and like about the craft a little bit, or what do you usually do when it comes to that? How does that work exactly? Um, I've taught a lot of different classes, and right now I'm teaching composition classes, which is how to write essays. Mm. Um, I have taught a lot of creative writing. My my background is in creative writing. Um, what do you prefer? You uh, just like writing. I just like food on the table. <laughs> I, I hear <laughs> As you. As a teacher. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take whatever I can get. Fair um, enough. But if I had a preference, I'd say creative writing. Creative that's writing. My background. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've gotten really good at teaching composition because I've taught for thirteen years now, which is a long time. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. And it's one of that's one of the things that you know. As I was reading Stephen King's write on writing, he said like a lot of writers, the really only way to make money is by teaching, because it's a very tough. You know, sometimes you can write an article here or there, but that's like that's a whole kind of different style. Sometimes if you want to be a journalist versus like a writer, you know, it's like obviously important. They kind of go hand in hand in some ways, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, it's not the same, and and it's hard to make a living as a teacher. It's hard to make a living as a writer. Yeah, just in general, right? <laughs> but um, you put things together, and you have to have plan Bs and Cs, and you have to stay motivated. And yeah, it's tough. Do you have like what kind of uh, habits do you have around writing? Do you try to do a little bit every day and try to stay there? Because if you are doing it, then you're more likely to come. Because like I know if I just sit down and do it, a lot of times. I won't have anything to write about. And then I'll like, okay, something kind of pops up through my head. And then eventually it turns into something. It takes a while sometimes. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not a writer who gets up every morning and writes for two hours. Mm-hmm. I, my schedule varies with teaching and classes and just what I'm doing. So I've just made it a habit to write whenever, wherever, however. And I try to nice. write. Nice. Whenever uh, you get a little bit of free time, if you can sneak off to a coffee shop or. Yeah. And I always have my backpack with me. Yeah, um, I've been doing. I carry my backpack with me too. It's like my little safety bound with all the writing tools in there. You know. I, I think it's good for beginning writers to establish a time and place, mm. and I, I think it's good to get them routine. And I think it's also good to mix up routine. It's a good way to get out of writer's block. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, if you like, what do you? Because I'm pretty new to it, to be honest. Like, I didn't think it was going to be something I could do, or didn't have a talent for it, or whatever you want to talk like, right? And so, like, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's kind of new wants to get in and wants to start a writing habit and kind of get in that flow you know what i mean right i i would say i always tell my students to find a place where they want to write mm. and find a place and make it your own i think um, mm-hmm. make it a ritual okay you know some people like to, i have friends who need three mandarin oranges and a glass of water with lemon in it wow, yeah yeah if that's what works for you do it but i, I think it helps to establish a place and time um and Especially early on when you're first starting, right? You're trying to kind of figure out your voice, what your habit is, just like... Yeah, and we brought up reading. I think reading mm-hmm. can help you find your voice because you start to see other people's voices. And then you might, early on, you might mimic writers, and that's okay. And then mm-hmm. over time, you start to develop your own voice. That's kind of, that's a great point. You talked about mimicking writers a little bit, and that's actually another, you're talking about it again, since this book I just read, Stephen King said that, you know, right. first of all, make your writing space your space, right. kind of have your own little thing. And then he talked about, like, uh, how you want to. Oh, I lost my train of thought. What were you just mentioned? It was a uh, voice. Voice. Oh yeah. How how he when he started out, he kind of copied a few guys. And then what happens eventually is it's not. You take some of the things that they had, but then you find a way to like mesh them together with other people you like, and then it really becomes your own thing because you're really working. You have your own thoughts, and you kind of 
been influenced by these other people. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's big. I think it's to read a lot. And yeah. Start to find what other people are doing that you enjoy. And it becomes a myriad. Interesting. So and you said so you said creative writing is typically your kind of passion if you had a choice more so, right? Yeah. I, it's what I've been doing my entire life. I have a master's in creative writing and I've been writing since like as much as I can since high school. So That's really cool, yeah. So <clears throat> I guess when did you so I just want to get to comedy real quick a little bit too because <laughs> yeah. you know I cause writing it kind of they they definitely go both hand in hand like a good writer can really be shown on stage with some really you know pretty easily sometimes and I know you have some pretty good jokes but but when have you when did you get into comedy too when did you're like oh you know what I could maybe try and do a little bit of both I can do writing and comedy they kind of go you know I would say it was never I, I never set out like I'm gonna be a comedian that's what I want to do and. Here I am. Yeah, it yeah. was um, I was writing a book about a comedian. It Ooh. is about a guy whose life falls apart, and he gets in his town with comedy to kind of get it together. And I spent three years on the book, and I finished it. But I'm a rewriter. I believe that great writing is rewriting, and yep. I think that's yeah, another that's trick. Yeah. Um, but I finished the book, and then I was looking at it, and I'm like, if a comic read this book, they would call me out. They'd say, this is a... <laughs> This is fake. Interesting, <laughs> fake <yeah>. news. <laughs> it's like he didn't do the research. He, didn't he wasn't the, there so in I, the war zone. <laughs> yeah, so I started watching comedians and talking to them afterwards. I was interviewing some. I yeah. had a blog going and I was interviewing comedians like Martina Trucci and Lisa Very Gilbert, cool. a couple other people, and then um, then I said I'm going to try it. I want to get up there and I want to try it. Interesting. And uh, was that a few years ago or how long ago? Is that just? I was just curious. I finished a book. Three years ago. Three, and then, so you've been doing it for about... No, no, no. I finished the book about a year and a half ago, and that's about how long I've been doing comedy. I nice. got, got into comedy right when I finished Cool. So we've really only been... Like, we're not that far apart, because I started about a year ago as well, so that's pretty cool. So I'm new, and I'm yeah. learning all the time, and I, I love it. You learn quick, like, you know, getting up on that <laughs> stage, and you, you bomb, and you're just like, all right, so how do I not do that again? Or what can I do to prevent that, you know? Yeah. The, the feedback is a very instant feedback which is completely different from writing you know i would say that's one thing that keeps me in it because writing is delayed gratification for sure um, you may, that's what's tough about it you may never get something published ever emily emily dickinson i think she published two poems in her lifetime wow um but you may never get published but the good thing about comedy is that you can go out and you can try it yeah. And it may be a bad night, but on those good nights, you know, you could sit, wake up the next day and say, I can write. I, I can, I can do some of this. So. And it feels good, yeah, to get that feedback, get the audience on your side. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to get up there on the stage for sure. It's a different, completely different animal. Like you said, the, the instant gratification versus the delayed gratification for sure. Although stand-up is also delayed gratification because <laughs> it's going to take, you know, five to ten years before most anything really happens typically from what I understand in anybody's you know right journey of stand-up comedy but same with writing i mean you know a lot of times like there was a a book i read it was called the war of art by mm -hmm. stephen pressfield which is a great book, a great book. and uh he's, he's the guy who wrote the legend of bagger vance mm -hmm. and he didn't get published until he was like 45 or like you know 50 years old he was like a janitor or something crazy like that had you know and he was like you know what fuck it, I'm dropping it all, I'm going to be a writer. Right. And he did it, you know? It. Yeah. And he had a lot of good practical knowledge in his book, too, about, you know, showing up and doing the work. It's a job. If you want to do it right, you have to make sure you're trying to write every day because it's like a tool. 
yeah. it gets dull if you're not using it, you know? I would agree with that. I mean, I write different schedules and different amounts, but I, I try to write every day. I think that's, if you want to be a writer, you have to write every day. Because that's, that's like any job. If you got to, you got to show up and do the work, you know? Like LeBron James, he didn't just get there because <laughs> he's a huge freak athlete. No, he shows up, he does the work every day. You know, sure, he has talents that most of us don't have, but you got to do the, put in the hard work to be, you know, exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. So, Let's see what else. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the things I was going to ask you about, um, for me, like writing is very personal, mm -hmm. and it can be hard to share it sometimes. Do you have anything like any ways that make sharing writing easier, or have you done that much yet? Or writing and sharing is probably the scariest. That's what I. That's what I mean. That's yeah. That's how I feel too. But I mean, comedy is doing that. Yeah. Comedy, you're you're being very honest, and if you're not honest with the audience, they're gonna feel that. They know pretty quickly. So I say, if you want to write about yourself, do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll learn. I, I feel like, to be fair, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself since I've started doing comedy. Because you kind of have to dig a little deeper sometimes, look inwards. And then when you bomb, you you better believe you're questioning yourself. You're like, what happened? What was that? Like, how do I, you know, it makes you kind of more introspective in many ways. And I feel the same way about writing, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, to share yourself, I think, um... I think you just have to take it slow. I, I went to a writer's conference a couple of years ago, and there was a guy who was talking about PTSD. Okay. And he was writing about his experiences with war and um, in Afghanistan, and he said things really well. He said that if you're writing about yourself, chances are you're writing about something very painful, mm. and you need to take time with it. Mm, that's interesting. You need to give yourself time, and you need to know when to walk away from that draft and you know go for a walk. Otherwise, it can really get to you because you're really opening your heart. Yeah, for sure. You're being very vulnerable a lot of times, trying to talk about things. Because <clears throat> I find one of the things that I really enjoy about writing is exactly what you're talking about. is able to put my words on paper and be more honest. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's harder to communicate to a person face-to-face -face or uh, maybe you get railroaded in a conversation or whatever happens, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're writing on paper, it's literally just you and your thoughts, and you can be as completely honest or whatever. And I think it's very helpful in many ways, at least for me, to, to free up that mental space, to get those thoughts out of my head sometimes or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I find it very helpful. I think that's where the therapy – some people say that writing is therapeutic, and I think that's where it is, where, you, where you're putting your pain down and you're just letting it go. I believe that. I really do. You're yeah. just putting that story into words, and then you can move on from that story. And I, I would say the other benefit of writing is – you don't have to write the same story. You could re you could revise it. You you could mm -hmm. you could create new characters to represent it. It doesn't have to be the exact same experience. Yeah, that that's kind of liberating as well. Yeah, that is. I like that idea. You know, and that's what's so fun about it is like you get to create the world. You get to do all of it, whether it's on stage for stand up or if it's in a novel or whatever, a short story. That's one of the things I want to start trying maybe to explore a little bit because it's a little less like like when I think of trying to write a book, I go, Are you? fucking kid you know like how you know what i mean it just seems like a task that is almost like insurmountable but like a short story maybe if i started writing some stuff like that more and trying to like kind of figure out just a little bit of my voice or what i want to talk about even you know yeah i think the best thing is try to experiment with with as many genres as you can try poetry mm -hmm. try try mm -hmm. to write i drama. do do i do try a little dabble a little bit try drama that. try short stories try nonfiction. try to write a short novella or something like that mm -hmm. and see what what you find is your best gift and then develop that because a lot of people don't even know 
and not I, I think a good writer can write anything, but some people just have more penchant for writing um, lyrics or poetry. And yeah, yeah. I think you have to find out what you're good at and what you really enjoy. I think, yeah, that's important. Because like, that's one of the things that, about writing, too. And it's like, as, he, as Stephen King again said in his book, like the, the worst three hours writing, still pretty pretty good if you like writing. And I enjoy it. You know, sometimes I have to like beat myself over the head a little bit like hey sit down and do it you know once you start you don't really mind it you actually kind of enjoy the process but it's one of those things you just have to like get over that first initial hump sometimes like come on don't be lazy just go do the work you know yeah and i think finding your environment like i know that music works well for me mm -hmm. i always have to have noise so i'll have headphones wherever i go and i'll just plug those in yep but I, I like that too but usually without lyrics for me i like to have just kind of like a ambience like a some beats or something in the background or yeah something more instrumental yeah yeah exactly because sometimes if i listen to the lyrics i'll be like oh, and i'm like caught up in the lyrics and i'm trying to write over here yeah it gets me a little sometimes what i try to do is if i have like an action scene i'll write i'll listen to music that's really hard and fast Ooh. and i'll listen to the same type of music that's an interesting concept i never thought of if i'm writing something sad i'll listen to something melancholy or something oh i like that that's a really that's a good tip <clears throat> I, that's something i never really thought of if you're trying to write something intense or something like you could like listen to some 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 crazy like Lord of the Rings like, boom, 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 like you know like getting ready for battle almost like yeah yeah I like that that's a good idea I do that quite often yeah um let's see so I guess we this would probably be a good point we can maybe transition over to travel a little yeah, bit sure. because I think we got some good stuff about writing there I like that and I know you've done a lot of traveling and it's something that I'm very interested in and like haven't had a great opportunity to do yet necessarily you know because I just moved out to California, still getting on my feet out here for the past four years, finally kind of getting there, you know. But, uh, like, what were some of your experiences traveling? Because I bet that helps your writing, too, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, I could talk for months <laughs> about... Well, my dad was in the military. So you already traveled a bunch just in general when you are growing up, is what you're saying. We grew up traveling. I, I was born in Athens, Greece. And I've, oh, wow. I've lived in Virginia and Texas and Baltimore and um, here, and I've lived in Germany. And so we were always traveling. It was just part of our life. Wow. That's fascinating to me growing up in that. Like, it, that would have to be a crazy upbringing, though. Like, not really having a place. Like, I have a place that I call home for sure, whether or not it's a good or a bad thing, you know, <laughs> up in the air sometimes. But it was like I was in one place. I was very stationary for 20 years before I went to college or 19 years. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So I guess what I was, what I would ask you is like, how do you think that impacted you like growing up like that? Did it just kind of give you that wanderlust, that travel bug a little bit, or it, that definitely gave me the travel bug? And even still, like you talk to military brats, they'll say I have this itch. Like I'll be driving to work and I'll be like, I should just keep driving. <laughs> I should just keep going today. <laughs> yeah. I'll come back, but I just need to get away, and I have that, and I have to give myself space for that. Yeah, you have to make sure to take time to be like, okay, I need to like plan a little something to get away for a weekend or do something for a few days just to get out of San Diego, probably. Yeah, and I would say, one, I I would say the best thing about being in the military and moving a lot is that in certain cities and communities, people get used to doing some something a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting because you could live in one city and they have this philosophy, this political ideology, and then mm. you go to another city and it's completely opposite. And everybody in this city thinks they're right, and everybody in this city thinks they're right, and you get to discern That's for yourself what you think is right, and you get to realize that you don't have to live have to live by everybody's standards and expectations because That's really fascinating. They may not be right. They may just be stuck in this 
there may be just slightly to a certain extent a product of their environment. Right. I mean, I have many friends who are very conservative, and honestly, it's just how they're raised. Mm-hmm. Whether or not, you know, I'm not. I don't have to disagree with them or not. But like that's where I was. Kansas is a conservative. <laughs> you know, seventy percent. You know, they're voting red probably. Like it's crazy there. You know, and uh, it's fascinating because like for me, I grew up in a way where like both my parents were not. Uh, very politically involved, so I kind of just like started figuring things out myself. I, you know, grew up thinking like, oh, George Bush, he's not a bad guy, blah blah blah. And then you start like looking into it a little more, like, oh, this is like some strange stuff is going on. And you know, you find that with any president, honestly. Like, even Obama has some stuff I definitely didn't agree with, but it's uh, it's fascinating that you were able to kind of get those perspectives because of moving around and seeing like, oh, I'm in Texas. This is a little bit different than when maybe I'm in Baltimore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's really fascinating that you were able to get those perspectives growing up and kind of pay attention to that even. Yeah. And I, it, it makes you more autonomous and makes you more mm. of an independent thinker. Kind of like less tribal almost, like like less able to just like, I'm going to fit into this group or whatever. <laughs> you kind of like your own person a little bit more. That's interesting. I like that. So what would you say is a good place to maybe like, where was your, when you were younger, where was like one of the first places you got out of the United States and went to travel? When, well, my, my parents, they, they, they were, they're like, we're going to travel. So, I mean, wherever we were, we were going to go. Um, okay. But I was born in Greece and even then, I was there until I was three or four, but we were going everywhere. You go to um, so you s- Israel and okay. all over Europe. Because we lived there, so that's awesome. So it wasn't just like, okay, we're in Greece, we're kind of just like, we're, <laughs> we're just chill, we're just chilling here. Like, no, you guys were always kind of that family that traveled a lot, huh? Yeah, and then I hadn't been back to Europe until I think we moved to Europe, Germany, when I was twelve. Okay. And so even then, my dad got this VW orange ugly <laughs> van, and he's just like, we're gonna go to Rome, and we're gonna go to, you know, we're gonna go to France and all these other places. So. They had a big influence on me. That's really cool. Yeah, that's something that I definitely am a little envious of and want to do myself someday is like kind of go travel in Europe and go check that out. I know I saw like a, I always like kind of creep on your photo, your Facebook when I see like this post from five years ago comes up or whatever. Like you're, you've been to Ireland and stuff yeah. before. Like that's really cool. That's, that's, that's really fun. And I think one of the things that is so important about travel that some people don't realize is like, you go like, oh, people are pretty normal everywhere you go. They're pretty well, like they have, they're, they're well-meaning. They want you to have a good time. They're very accepting in many ways. Like, yeah. And, and you kind of, and, and maybe some places not, but like it just gives you an idea of like, I have a lot of friends sometimes back home that, you know, they don't get out of Great Bend or like my little tiny town, you know. <laughs> if you don't go visit other places, that's all you know, and that's your whole world almost. You know what I mean? Right. Um. <clears throat> And I would say, no matter where you are, I mean, obviously, if you're in Honduras, probably not the best place to visit right now. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's but, places, you know. I'm probably not going to be going to Afghanistan anytime soon. But. And it, it's probably an overgeneralization, but I would say if you treat people nicely, with mm-hmm. kindness, you'll, you'll probably get the same in return. I could see that, yeah. And, and, and that makes sense. And just understand there's going to be barriers in language and barriers in culture, but don't take it personal and just... um. Just enjoy the, the moment that you're there. Yeah, and be enjoy the people. open to the new experiences. Try and say yes to those new experiences, probably. Yeah. Yeah, and if you say yes, then things open up even more. I've talked to a lot of people who travel, and they just say, you just have to go with it. Mm-hmm, interesting. Do you do you have anything that you're kind of eyeballing, like, in the near future, like, maybe in a year or two, or, like, I'm going to take a little backpacking trip somewhere? Or... I think one thing that I, 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 I believe that a lot of, 
people don't understand is that you don't have to go far to travel. You really mm. don't. Mm. You can just, I mean, California is amazing. Yes. You can go to so many places that are close. You could go mm -hmm. to Anza Borrego for the weekend. You could go to Joshua Tree for the weekend. You, Mexico's right there. Mexico's right there. You could go to Arizona and things mm -hmm. like that. So the Grand Canyon's Grand, eight hours away maybe or something and like that. You could like. say that's California, but I, I think that's anywhere in the United States. And I think um, I like to do bigger trips. I like to do big trips, but I like those small trips too. Yeah. That are cheap and, and easy. just give you like a little bit of like something new, something fresh, get you out of your normal routines of just... And even that, I mean, a lot of people don't even understand the, the benefits and, you know, the things that are going on in the city. There's parts of San Diego you may have never been to. Yep. There's great Mexican food in Barrio Logan that if yeah. you just get out of your comfort zone, I mean, that could be an experience. But um, you don't have to go far. But I would say... That's a great point. I, I, I'm always planning. I'm always looking at maps. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of Yeah, that's funny. I have the landscape all figured out. And I know places I want to go. I was trying to go... There's couple i wanted to go to um i was trying to get um yosemite obviously but mm. I, I wanted to do half dome and i entered the lottery and i didn't get it i've been entering it for a while i wanted to do half of your falls i entered the lottery i didn't get that one but i have a couple friends we're gonna go somewhere in august we haven't quite figured it out yet we're thinking um mm. we're thinking maybe bryce okay my my last little trip i did was actually uh like a two-week trip just up the per the pacific northwest yeah which was amazing, like driving up the 101, like legit on the highway, you know, when you're in like Oregon and you're like on the, the edge of cliffs and like the water and the oceans right there. It's just a beautiful drive. And yeah. that was a lot of fun just taking like, because I was lucky. I was able just to, you know, I was laid off or whatever, didn't have anything. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to take two weeks off and just have a good time. And oh, I guess I was already off, of course. But like, you know, just take off for two weeks and just go. And yeah, I was camping along the way, stayed at some friends' houses in San Francisco and Seattle that were there. Like, it was so much fun. And that's something, like, I feel very fortunate to do because not a lot of people get to do that. You know what I mean? Right. And it's not like I took a lot of money. It just was luckily I had the time, which is usually the biggest part problem for most people from what I understand, too. You need time, but you can also do day trips. You could do weekend trips. Mm -hmm. You could do a lot of different things. Um, I, I'm going to be going to Costa Rica in a couple months. I'm going to be there for a week. My, my parents and sister are going, so we're going to go hang out down there. Nice. And then the big trip, I there's a couple places I want to go to. I want to go to, I want to see Machu Picchu. Ooh, do the hike? I want to do the hike. And I have I some have friends who did that. Yeah, I have they some friends it, yeah. who want to do it too. So I'm, I'm eyeing that one. Um, <clears throat> I've helped with um, donations for Africa, taking books to Africa. Mm -hmm. I might go to Liberia at some point. Really? And... So Liberia, is that more northern Africa? It's like central east Africa. Central, central east Africa. Wait, central west Africa. Okay. Central gotcha. west Africa, yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I let's see, the only, like I've been to Canada and I've been to Mexico. That's yeah. in Puerto Rico, technically. <laughs> so like that's as crazy as my travel excursions have gotten. Yeah. But even just going to like Mexico, going south of the border, and mm -hmm. it's interesting just to see, you're like, oh, this is a completely different place. Just 50 miles away or whatever it is you know it's like wow it's just crazy to see and it also gives you a little perspective sometimes of like in my opinion how lucky i am to be living in the united states sometimes not that mexico was like bad i had a great time there it was you know everyone was really kind but the infrastructure is definitely not the same just the way like some of the like the shower we were at the airbnb we were taking like the water wasn't we were taking cold showers the whole time you know like there's just little things that you take for granted here but when you travel or do something else you're like oh okay we're 
we got it pretty good sometimes. It gives you that perspective, which right. I think a lot of people don't have sometimes, is that perspective of like how good life is. There are some people who have more shoes than villages. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's great, yeah. So I don't know. It's just there's something about traveling that is so interesting to me, and I'm, I, I, I want to start doing it more, but I had to figure out a way to be a little – cheaper about it or figure out how to you know make it happen but there's always ways and you have to look for deals and you have to start Just early be aware huh yeah i always start like six months in advance sometimes mm-hmm. a year and i know where i want to go and uh it's the other good thing is if you do it collectively get good friends involved that can make it cheaper because mm. then you're splitting a hotel rather than paying for it by yourself that's smart yeah um so there's that but i would just say look for the deals there's look deals the everywhere deals. Whether it's, yeah, just you, like you said, you just have to know what you want to do and right. then plan accordingly. Because, I mean, I was close to going to New Amsterdam mm. um, a couple weeks ago, and the flights were like, they were like $400. Wow. So, I mean, that's what just, it costs to fly to, like, New York or Boston from here. Like, you that's just have insane. To, right. So you just, just have to, to look and shop and talk to people. Uh, another good thing that most people don't know is Groupon. If you're into tours and things like mm-hmm. that, um, Groupon has great deals. That makes sense. That makes sense. But you just there's have, ways. Then is what you're saying. You just have to you be have willing to, to do a little bit of research, do mm-hmm. a little bit of work, and then you can make it happen. Sometimes, yeah, probably easier than you think. A lot of times, a lot easier. A Interesting. Lot easier. That's a good point. And it's it's not that expensive. I went to Nepal for seven hundred dollars. Wow. Not including airfare. I went to China for I think fifteen hundred. That's awesome. With there. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. You just have to look. So it's not. Yeah. And that's and that's that's the thing is like you get an exp- like I like the idea. And at least for me, and this may, you know, it's different for everybody, obviously, but I like the idea much more of spending my money on an experience than I do on some new shiny thing, typically. Right. Like, I don't, it does, I don't get as much joy out of that. I know it's going to be, you know, like a little quick burst, but you can always kind of look back on those memories and be like, hmm, that was a good time. And you can't really, like, oh, remember when I got that iPhone? Like, nobody nobody cares that much, you know what I mean? Right, and I feel the same way. I think that you should fill your life, this is my philosophy, I'd, I'd say fill your life with people, fill your life with experiences. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, I completely agree with that. It's a great way to live your life, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It leads you to much more happiness because, you know, it's, it can be very empty and just trying to fill your life up with material possessions and stuff like that. So yeah, people and experiences definitely seem like a, a better out in my opinion. For sure. And just try to do the things that you enjoy doing. I yeah. think I think the hardest thing in life is to, to, to live the life that you want to live. Because you're mm. going to have a lot of people against you. <laughs> but more yeah, importantly, you're going to have to fight against yourself. <laughs> you're going to yeah, have a lot of Yeah, get out of your own way. <laughs> I am still learning how to do that. Yeah, and it's, it's challenging. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going through this thing right now where <clears throat> I've had family members tell me, like, so I'm going, you know, I have a college degree, finance, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> And uh, I'm trying to do comedy, trying to do the podcast, you know. But I got a job at Starbucks and at the barbecue house. And I've had family members like, you're too smart to do that. You're too this. Is. Like, no, first of all, I'm not above any job. I want to pay my rent and not be homeless, right? Like, mm-hmm. But it's weird to, like you said, like they kind of are like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Like people will tell you, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. It's like, no, I'm just trying to figure out what works for me, you know. Because I had that office job in the cube farm you know, as far as you can see, it's just like hundreds of people, right? In one little area, you're just like, ugh, I was not happy there. Yeah. And if I'm busy working in the kitchen or doing making some drinks or something, like, I'd rather be on my feet, moving, using some of my hands, doing some of my hands, talking to some people, than like behind a computer, like typing on a you know Excel spreadsheet. You know what I mean? 
Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You just got to find out kind of what works for you. And I think, and back to writing again at this point, one of the best ways to do that is to write, is to go in there and kind of do some of that self-exploration and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think once you find what you want, then don't let go. Just don't let go. Yeah. Hold on for dear life and just let it take you on the ride. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. You know what? That was, I think, I think that's, we're about 32 minutes. I think that's perfect. I think we'll end it there. Uh, Brendan, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. of the Millennial Manchild podcast is in the books. And, you know, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Not bad for the first guest. Finally, didn't have any crazy technical issues. The sound was all, all good, all that fun stuff. So that, that, was, that was awesome. I'm looking forward to doing some more of that in the future as well. I mean, if you enjoyed today's episode or whatever, reach out to me. Let me know. Like, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? What could I improve upon? Because I, you know, it's all about me trying to grow and make this better so you guys enjoy it more. Um, also, quick shout out to Brendan Pranowitz. Thank you very much for taking some time out of your busy day to come over to the Millennial Manchild Lair and chop it up with me. That was, like I said, a lot of fun. It's nice to have somebody who's a little bit more experienced in the writing game talk to me about it because I am a, a rookie for sure, an amateur at best, and uh, <clears throat> trying to you know, have being able to bounce some ideas off him and pick his brain a little bit and learn how he does things. It's just, it's just a good way to kind of, you know, recalibrate and refocus and see if I'm doing things right. Also, just a good way to learn, which I'm all about on the Millennial Man Child podcast. Always trying to learn, trying to soak up as much of that knowledge, that sweet, sweet nectar that I can. So yeah, um, as always, if you enjoyed it, you know, rate it, like it, subscribe. Share it with a friend, all that fun stuff. You know how I feel about it. I'm very hypocritical. I, I do share podcasts with people, but I don't really rate or review or do that type of thing. So I get it, folks. I, I get it. But I would appreciate it if you do. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I am always shocked that people are still out there tuning in. So that's good. Thank you very much for that. <clears throat> but other than that, I don't have anything to share with you to week, this week to check out been busy like i said two new jobs learning all that shit it's been crazy busy <clears throat> excuse me so yeah we're just we'll, we'll wrap it up here and let you guys go on about your week and i hope it is a good week i hope you have a lot of fun not too crazy busy with work 
and hopefully the weather's nice too. But yeah, the songs in order this week were I'm Gonna Sit Down and Write Myself a Letter by Fats Whaler, Paperback Writer by The Beatles, and Peach Scone by Hobo Johnson and The Lovemakers. And that last song, I, I've seen it kind of going viral on Facebook, and I just really enjoyed it. It was unique. I'd never really heard something exactly like it. So I figured I would share it here and let you guys listen to it as well. But yeah, without uh, that's all I have for you for today. Hope you have a great week. And until next time, Manchild, out. Bob Cod, man. We're Hobo Johnson Lovemakers. We're a couple kids, five, I guess, that like to make a little bit of love, like to make a little bit of music. Look at that. That's a desk. Just kidding, Bob. It's a table. I don't care about rules. Hi. What's your name? How are you? How's your life? Oh, you've got a man. Are you in love? If so, a type. Is it just platonic, strictly just as friends are the type that ties you two together till tomorrow's end? If it is, disregard every time I call you pretty. Though it's meant sincerely, it's just my imagination drifting. Brush me off like the dirt on Jay-Z's shoulder so I fall to ground, collect myself, and get ready to take over your heart. Or at least your spare time. And I love the thought of being with you. Or maybe it's the thought of not being so alone. The second one's way sadder than the first one, but I don't know. I love the thought of being with you. Or maybe it's the thought of not being so alone. Man, I really love being loved, but also really love not crying on the. We should go get a cup of coffee and all act friendly. And I won't pull any stunts, but I'm a freaking stunt puller from birth. So I don't know what to tell you if I try to confess my love for scones. I just want to tell you real quick, please. I love these scones. Just the diversity between the selection, the raspberry, the blueberry, the strawberry, pumpkin, even, which is basically a fucking squash. How you gonna make a scone out of a freaking squash? It blows my mind. Oh, man. But what are you talking about? I'm so sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah, your boyfriend made you mad the other day? What was he saying? What was he talking about? Oh, my God, that's crazy. What do I think? Let me think about it. Let me think about it. He was being mean at that time. But I'm sure he's going to turn around at some point. And? I love the thought of being with you. Or maybe it's the thought of not being so I really love being loved, but also really love not crying on the phone, man. I love the thought of being with you. Or maybe it's the thought of not being so alone. I don't know. The second one's way sadder than the first one, but I don't know. What's up? Yeah, what's going on? Oh, yeah, she told me a lot about you. Yeah, uh huh. It's so great that you're doing all of those things. You should keep doing all of them, I think. Oh, yeah, my name's Hoa Johnson. I'm a rapper. I'm actually not a rapper. I like to say I'm a musician. I play guitar sometimes, too. Just not as good as Derek. It doesn't matter. But she is, like, the nicest person I've ever met in my whole life. And I'm sure you know because you sleep next to her every night. And you guys just probably cuddle and kiss or whatever. But, she, you know, she's just so sweet. And she cared about me a lot when no one else cared about me. And I think that's really nice. You know, she's just a, she's just a peach. She's a peach. Let's go. And I love the thought of being with her. I just really hope that she doesn't get hurt, man. They say it takes.
takes two years to come back down to earth from that lovely place that you've been. I heard it's so nice. I heard it's so nice. Good for you. <laughs>